Welcome to Slasher hey. Tracks. Hey, hey, hey. Episode one. Of Slasher Tracks. Your newest obsession. Um. <laughs> From our home to yours. Uh, we are your hosts. I'm Aaron. I'm Sloan. And I'm your stepmom. And that's your stepmom. And here we're going to take you through the world of horror movies through a special lens. Yeah, so I guess we should, should we start with the premise of what this podcast is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably important. Slasher yeah. tracks. Get yeah. it? Get yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. If you we're don't looking get... at we're looking at horror films. We're looking at the sounds, soundscapes, soundtracks. So all of it. Uh, so then you see what we did there. We combined slasher and soundtrack to make slasher tracks. It's a bit of a it's mind a thinker. Game. It's a thinker. Kind but of a puzzle. It's nuanced. And nuanced. So, puzzle box. Kind of like a puzzle box. Oh, kind of like a puzzle box. Yeah, right? right. Yeah. So, uh, and I, our plan is to go through some of the, um, what's the word for Beloved when they make franchises. Ten? Beloved franchises. That's Beloved horror franchises. A lot of them starting in the 80s and 90s. It's just, I think that was the idea, at least, with, that we would start there with these uh, movies that all have the same, a similar vibe, starting in the 80s, and then, you know, going too long into, like, the 2000s. Classics. The classics. Yeah. Yeah. When they hit too long, then you know that they're classics. Oh, also, just a heads up, guys, <laughs> for our inaugural episode, I have a cold, so I'm going to do my best to control my sniffles, but I'm really sorry if there's some, like, negative ASMR for everyone. I'm going to do my best. We're not even letting sickness get in the way of putting out content here. Because it's October. You. It's the spooky month. It's spooky time. It's time. So it's funny that you compared the name to a puzzle box because this episode, actually, uh, we're going to start the Hellraiser franchise. Known for its puzzle boxes. Yeah. Cinnabites. bites. You, uh, you know. So watching this movie, I remembered... I had to remember that this didn't suck at one point. I was like, oh, yeah, this is why yeah. we started watching these. Yeah, it's it's a solid movie. Dude. There's numerous times where I was like, oh, yeah, this oh, is why yeah. I started watching all, um, at the time, eight Hellraiser. Grown movies. to a family of ten films. Uh, so yeah, we're we gonna... should mention we also have... All watch almost all of them and are starting back over in the beginning God. for you. We made it all the way to like seven, and now we have to start over again mm -hmm. for the fans. Well, Cody for got even farther. Um, so we're oh, yeah. gonna start from a pretty solid foundation yeah. and some interesting music facts. And honestly, by the time we hit five, six, seven, I have no idea. I don't know what we're gonna talk about. I really, <laughs> we don't really know where this concept's going to land us, but it sounds interesting. And yeah. uh, there's enough content there, so what we hope we'll see. We hit like, yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be fun at least. We'll have to do some deep diving and uh, head into up. the deep dive world of uh, ambient and industrial hybrid music. It's gonna be great. All the good stuff. Super excited. So let's talk about Sloan. Do you want some basic facts on this movie? Yeah. So I. I got a little bit of background information uh, about the movie, so I just I was looking for the uh, some descriptions, some quotes that I got. That I watched uh, some stuff and read some things that are just like some background behind the scenes of the movie. So it's a Clive Barker picture. He is a 
a novelist. He wrote short stories, scripts, a playwright. He's an illustrator. He's got a lot of stuff going on. He has a website that looks like it was updated in 2002, but it stays current. It's like updated oh. to 2019. Hmm. And I think nice. everyone should check that out though to see his like see his artwork, uh, see his spooky spooky illustrations. They're very Halloween. Um, and there's also uh, illustrations like of his uh, concepts for the Cenobites on there. Okay, so it's his artwork that inspired the I think the at least in this movie? at least partly, or like he did that in collaboration because he's not only the writer of the story. This is also his directorial debut. Debut. Um, so and the the actors involved in the film said they really liked working with him because he like it was all his vision so they said that he was really good at directing them to get uh you know the performance that he needed out of them but i really liked his description of this movie he said it's a horror film unapologetically a horror film that feels true it's very true and then there's yeah yeah and there was like a few things too that like when they were interviewing the actors that like a lot of people had like a very similar theme and how that they address this movie because what we'll get into is that this movie is gross Oh, yeah. Oh, on many levels. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. It's real gross. Uh, sexually gross, physically gross, uh, mentally gross. It's gross. There's stuff I've seen, I've, like, never seen in another movie. Yeah. And so they talked about that quite a bit. So, like, again, here's Clive Barker's description of this film. He says, it's about a man who does a deal with forces of darkness in pursuit of the ultimate experience, the ultimate physical experience sensual experience and gets torn apart for his troubles Ooh, pretty cool and also remember he has a british accent so it sounds even better when he says it um but the thing is that i thought was interesting though when the actors were talking about it too they they all had this vibe of uh people are gonna love this or hate this there's not gonna be in between or 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 then like some of the actresses they're like um people like horror movies will like this i wouldn't like it they didn't say that out loud that's pretty much what they're getting they're like no this is way too fucking nasty i wouldn't like this movie because this is how we're reacting now this came out 32 years ago yeah it was like and they and uh clive barker also talked a lot about how he was trying to do something that hadn't been done before and just like a type of horror that people hadn't really fucked with and i think he really does that with the whole bdsm sexual torture pain part of this Uh that i don't at least i hadn't seen much like jason Voorhees doesn't strip down (laughs) to straps you know yeah he was trying to do a different kind of horror character and those movies the like friday the 13th movies definitely have like their sexual stuff in them because there's almost always like some teen like some like teens stripping down getting ready to fuck and then he kills them but it yeah. does it. This is like a different type, a different like, completely parallel to that, but way down the line because you know the BDSM is like fun. I, yeah, and I had the thought about this movie. I wasn't sure, and I was hoping that I would get to find Clive Barker talking directly about this. Is so the thought that I've had about it is I was wondering if it was a comment on that, like the punishment of sex and sexuality in horror films. Like mm-hmm. if you get fucked. Like, if you get drilled, you're going to get a drill in the head uh, in most horror movies. So, like, in this way, although the they still were punished in a way for it, it was like they wanted it. Because it's like the classic horror movie trope. Yeah. Like, where if you get fucked, you die. Yeah. But this is... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it they're was just wanting like, to get fucked, so and they're yeah. kind of wanting to die. Yeah. It was... So, I just... I wondered if that what he was going for. I don't know if he did have that in mind, though. I think that's just an interpretation oh. that I got later. Um, I like it. Whatever. But he it was is. definitely going for something new and out out of the box, you could say. The 
puzzle box. The puzzle box. Yeah. <laughs> We, we can only do that so many times. And I have some other stuff, yeah. but I think that it would maybe just be better to get into maybe later when we go throughout the movie my quotes from the actors. I don't want to let's dump just, it all out. Right oh, now. through this movie. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. If you've never seen Hellraiser, we're going to get you up to speed in the next uh, 15 minutes or so. 15 minutes we're going to blast through this movie? Uh, blast this it. Psychological thriller, Ed? So. My first note here is theme, orchestra creepy. So I'm going into this with the music lens that we're trying to. Okay. And right away I'm hearing it's orchestral, music-y, like, what am I trying to say here? Cinematic. Uh, yeah. I definitely agree, though I didn't find it quite as um, heavy as, like, You'd expect it to be for the content. Um, I wrote um, that it sounded the opening theme sounded a little bit like a Home Alone two gone spooky <laughs> oh. type thing. Okay. So I thought it was like a little bit light. Yeah, um, Ernest scared stupid. <laughs> yeah, not not in like a horrible way. I just didn't think it like was as like if we're talking about the movie. I don't think if somebody heard the theme they would pair it with this movie right away. Like, yeah. you wouldn't necessarily know. Yeah, it did have, like, I did think that some of the music just felt like classic 80s horror yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's m m mostly what I'm getting at, is that it just didn't feel, like, special, um, mm -hmm. necessarily. It just felt very kind of um, run-of-the-mill, which I think, at, since this was 87, as time went on it just kind of became more cliched and less uh less impactful i guess yeah yeah i think you're honest other with that it might have been cooler at the time yeah looking at it from yeah yeah I'm, perspective, I'm sure yeah. it was at least a little bit all right so we get through uh the title sequence and uh we meet our characters the dad, Larry, oh, yeah. and the stepmom, well, evil stepmom, Julia. Oh, you, I, you, you skipped oh, over skipping the very oh, beginning. On oh, an essential part. We, have, the, we see a close-up of gross fingers picking oh, up. Oh, yeah, I have, gr I have nasty fingernails. And oh, yeah, I wrote gross nails. Down. Yeah. I didn't um, remember I'm what glad that we meant. could all agree that gross fingernails. those are purposefully... Like they purposefully, like said, had the actors drag their hands in like mud and just cake it oh, yeah. in under all of their fingernails because yeah. it was just like black. And then the terrible Asian dub on the uh, person that gives them the puzzle box is ridiculous. It's so overdone. I did have a thought. It sounded like a white person doing an Asian voice at one point. I did. Point, oh, I was yeah, sure. it definitely does. Okay, I, I didn't, didn't really pick up on it. it was I, a dub. I picked up on it later, oh, yeah. not in the opening scene, in a different scene. I thought I yeah. There's a few times where they they dubbed in vocal or dubbed in uh, like dialogue, and it's Yikes. and it's almost always really noticeable and silly to me. But also, that was something that just happened a lot more then. So, like, I yeah. don't really... I think it's just kind of fun. Like, I it's just, like, a fun thing to note. Bad so, Asian dub is a little bit problematic, though. So, Asian dub man uh, sells him this puzzle box. The classic golden cube. Like, a Rubik's cube, but kind of more, like... It contains special Yu-Gi-Oh cards. More Egyptian-looking. Yeah. Yeah, way um, more complex. And then it cuts... So, we see this man turn on the puzzle box. He is sitting shirtless 
in a, like a wooden attic kind of thing. He has candles all around him. Looks like he's doing a satanic ritual. Yeah, very ritualistic. Uh, and then, so as he's activating the box, which you kind of just kind of touch it and twist it. Uh, yeah. it's, it's not a very hard puzzle box. <laughs> yeah, it's really not a puzzle. It's You kind of just <laughs> massage it and bad shit will happen. Yeah, um, it, it's just, it wants to get to your, it's trying to just like feel your sensual vibes through yeah. your fingertips. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so the box uh, opens, it twists 45 degrees, and it comes back, and now it's like a star, and that means that you're fucked. And it shows this classic effect that I love that is shown a few times in the movie where there's spooky blue light coming through the slats uh, of the window, uh, and like there's a yeah. smoke machine in the room, and you just see like, bum, 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 all these spooky lights, and then hooks. Don't forget about the blue lightning effect that happens every oh, yeah. time they yeah. touch it. It's got that really shitty 2D drawn-on special laser yes, effects. It's that, a very old oh, effect. Man. I'm it's, into it. Yeah, yeah. But no, the big the biggest thing is that hooks start flying out of the depths of hell into the human realm and are just tearing. They, yeah, the, do they tear straight into them. I think so. Oh yeah, they go straight into the like the flesh and the, the like how the flesh pulls away is so fucking cool. And I want to know what they use to make that like flesh because like when it digs in, it looks so oh yeah, not necessarily real, but it just looks so gross to have like those close ups of like the hooks going in and just having that like it really yanks on it. It's I'm it, trying to remember it's like a couple inches out. I don't know if it was yeah yeah it's gross. It reminds me of the stuff that I use in a sculpture class to like make fake skin. Like, oh, yeah? I'm trying to remember what if it was. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, like I've kind of made that kind of stuff before. It's oh, pretty fun. We should make some stuff. It's definitely rad. Um, but okay. As so, he is hooked, then uh, I guess I have chains plus guts plus pillar plus xenobites. All the hits come yeah. out here. We get a taste of what this movie really is right away. Um, do we see all the Cenobites right in the beginning? I didn't write I, down a whole lot. I, I did remember. not write down all of them at this point. We could talk about them now. Yeah, I feel like we need to save them. We can just say that they're 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 uh, they make a great like teaser cameo almost. And yeah. It really it it really sets you up for the film and it really makes you want to see them again and wonder what what's going on. Yeah. Um, so, so it gets crazy yeah. and then it, it just teases you and now we're gonna cut to the mundane and yeah, we'll, we'll find out he's about it dead. later. All, all we know is that he's gone. He this happened and then just on to like a regular regular old movie. And yep, he might too have, bad. He probably talked about ultimate pleasure or something. Yeah, he wanted pleasure. He wanted he ultimate pleasure. pleasure. Oh, so, yeah. cue the cuck husband here. Uh, <laughs> Larry. Frank, oh, God, he's so... Larry. 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 Uh, Larry Who is... Who you want to die immediately. Uh-oh. Um, oh, okay, okay, sorry. A little bit of technical difficulties, that. but that's all right. So, Larry is the husband. Uh, he is married to... Julia. Julia. The stepmother. One of the worst humans in horror films. Julia or Larry? Which one? Julia. <laughs> Julia oh, is so evil. She's given a bad name she's for She's so shitty. For sure. No, yeah, she's so evil, but also 
Larry is the most unlikable yeah. loser. He yeah. is a loser. And, like, like the second, like within fifteen minutes of the film existing, like put like I I actually forgot the plot of like the movie, so I just wrote down. I really hope that Larry dies. <laughs> like he just needs to die, and I think by the end everyone's rooting for him to die. So. Yeah. Because he just sucks so much. But also Julia. Julia. Yeah, so like you see that they're obviously in a loveless marriage. Well, it's where he loves her and will not accept that his wife does not like him. Um, They walk into this house. It looks like it. I think it's like was his parents house and it's uh-huh. but like they passed away yeah. and it's been left to him. But it's it's a little decrepit and they have to clean it up. And he says to her, we can be happy. But and then around, but the British broad is not happy. Oh, um, she can't be. There's happy. also this is where I made a note of. Gosh, I miss '80s and '90s movies for all the cigarettes. Because yeah, there's constant cigarette smoking. It does very look nice, cool. Very sexy, very cool. Um, and then we get another character that shows up at the house, Kirsty, the daughter, Kirsty, who gives her dad a kiss on the mouth. Which yeah, I didn't like. She's probably <laughs> supposed to be like 18 or so. Yeah. And she just smooches Larry the dad right on the right lips. Right in the lips. Right in the lips. So I didn't like yeah, that. But, you know, it sets up some weird sexual stuff in this yeah, movie, I they, guess. And she looks like Winona Ryder. Yes! That's what I wrote I, down. Like, Budget Winona. <laughs> she kind of does. Yeah. Um, it was her first film, actually, though. This uh, is her first feature film. Her name is Ashley Lawrence. She went on to do other horror movies, and that's about interesting. it. Interesting. But, we yeah, might, it was her yeah, first yeah. feature film. We will hear more about her. And in future films as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we also see kind of a hobo nest uh, in the house. Yes. And the it's like, ah, probably my brother Frank. He's probably behind bars now. Mm-hmm. So we find Filthy out. Filthy Frank. We find out, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cuck husband has an edgy brother that's probably in jail. And then like almost immediately after that's announced, we just find out about that. Uh, Julia goes through some pictures, and we see uh, Julia uh, in some of the pictures. Yeah, or at oh, least one is? of the pictures. Oh, I didn't realize I, she I was thought in so. Um, I mean, she took the one, and I think she cut herself out of it, and then just saved Frank, or uh, say, yeah, saved Frank's portion of it. I think she was in that picture. Oh, I thought she just wanted to keep that part of the picture to jerk off to Frank because he's showing a lot of crotch in that photo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we do find out that Julia, turns out, the reason why she's so unhappy with Larry is because she actually wanted Frank. They had an affair a long time ago. Uh, When we do the flashback scene, we see her nipples and his penis. We do. Yeah, Um, we see some on-screen peen in Hellraiser. Did you say long-screen peen? On-screen peen. But I like long-screen peen. Um... So, yeah, it's it gets real sexy. You don't see a whole lot of peen in cinema these days. You don't. I say you, objectify you men don't. and women. Uh, another thing that, and so <laughs> it's like, you know, he needs the ultimate pleasure and she's not enough for him. He needs all the women. He needs all the experiences. And she's like, I'll do anything, Frank. And then he like sucks on her chin. Um, that's weird. He also has a tattoo that I wanted to talk about. Oh yeah, tell us about the tattoo. So, I don't know if you guys, if you guys or anybody in the audience is familiar with Ben Affleck's really big Phoenix tattoo on his back, but it reminds me of that. I'm pretty sure this dude has a huge Phoenix tattoo on his back, similar to Ben Affleck, who would get his in like 
2017 and then deny that it was a real tattoo yeah it's it's pretty like sugar ray i yeah think it's do you think that was cool though in 1987 it might have been was that cool. like new and exciting like really sexy bad boy maybe i don't know what it seemed cool to work for our boy frank yeah so as you might have put together by now frank he wants the ultimate pleasures frank was the guy in the beginning that bought the puzzle box so yeah and and when uh, when uh, Larry's moving into this house, and uh, Julia's getting what is hell remembering her times with Frank, they do this like cut back and forth between like uh, Larry moving this couch up this the stairs, and you know just Julia just getting off. Um, Larry cuts his hand on a nail. Oh yeah, and Larry, and, you big dumb really idiot. Yeah, yeah, he's such a fucking loser. He uh, even have two people helping you move, and you end up ripping your hand in half on a. The nail house stick. is falling apart, guys. Come on, Cut, dude. Larry, have some spatial awareness. No, no, the nail's hanging out of the like stairway by like two inches. I can't believe that he didn't see it. Yeah. The guy's a loser. He is a loser. He's been up those stairs a few times. I'm sure. That's true. He did grow up in that house as a kid and probably visited for the holidays. Larry, you're an idiot. So he's got a big, like big bloody wound. Something that is probably like, they should have just gone to the hospital there. They definitely should have went to the hospital. But instead, yeah, immediately. instead he just decides to uh, drip on the house, drip his blood into the room that we know from the beginning. The room where Frankie did his weird ass demon shit. Did his sexual and sacrifice. that blood soaks. That blood soaks deep. Soaks in. Right away you see this blood's gonna do something. It's, it's the, the wood just devours it. And we start, start, and that's just the beginning of these fun like reverse effects that they do to oh, make yes. liquid oh, disappear and That is some drip. of my favorite horror anything. Mm -hmm. This, the growth of Frank coming back. Oh, oh. man, the, the congealed mucus worms just shooting up from the ground oh and having these, like... When God. his legs burst forth from the floor... They build him up. He isn't a human at first. He's kind of like a crab. Like, He's two crab. arms oh, and, yeah. like, uh, like connected by, uh, like by shoulders. He's, like, arms and shoulders. Yeah, or, or, like, a big, like, spider thing. Or, like, scorpion spider. Like, all of the limbs are just, like, these big, like hard noodly appendages that yeah slowly gain mass covered in blood oh. and pus and slime very slimy just dripping mostly slime. there's like reverse footage of drips mm -hmm. it's, yeah the reverse footage is so cool it is yeah, kind of just jaw dropping ends. like yeah oh yeah yeah it's truly phenomenal probably one of the best sequences of the film i think oh yeah like i could just watch just that portion like anytime because it was just so cool and so well done but that yeah. ends with a, a really funny thing i thought um is he he's you know he's he's like actually like a skeleton e like not real flesh just some junk hanging off and it yeah. just ends with him going like <laughs> and he kind of jiggles around a little bit and it's really funny. I found myself fine picking apart like any time that there was something like some special effects, and there was almost always a funny thing about it. 
and yeah, I love that. I feel like that good. happens a lot throughout this movie, maybe just because of the time. Although, like, I think it's very successful and be like genuinely creepy and different. There's so many no, times sure. where they're setting it up to be very scary and they fucking ruin it because it's the 80s and like they couldn't <laughs> quite do it. There's uh, one that we'll get to later, this one scene that was like particularly disturbing and then they ruined it with just like, yeah. <laughs> like they do that quite a bit in this movie, I think. So, um, Frank meets Julia, right? Uh, there's, and there's so- some good sound on that. There was just a tiny scene that doesn't really matter. It just introduces one more character. Uh, budget Winona Ryder's uh, love interest, Budget Tom Dude, Hanks. he doesn't matter. We don't even oh. need to talk about I just about wanted him. to say he exists. She has a love interest. He's barely there. They he doesn't have, They could have edited exist. him out of the movie. His name's Steve. Fuck That's Steve. Steve. I didn't even know his name. Steve an idiot. Um, so Julia finds Frank, and he goes, It's me, Brother Frank. Ugh. He has some weird dialogue. And then he does a fast crawl. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, I wrote down the fast crawl too, and I wrote down that it was funny and also good. It's so scary. And then that was, there was a moment where he's like trying to talk to Julia, but then he's like, don't look at me. And it reminded me a little bit of like the fly, where he like is asking the lady to help him, but like, I don't know, don't look at me, I'm a monster. I don't know, just like reminded me of the fly a little bit with the extreme grotesqueness. In that line, I was wondering if he got any inspiration from the fly. Maybe. Uh, I don't even Can know. Can we talk about Julia's motivation for helping him? Like, the only reason she wants to help him build up flesh. Basically, Frank wants Julia to take people and kill people. Yes. So Frank can get more blood to become, to obtain an actual body. Because somehow yeah. more blood equals flesh on his body. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and just one drip somehow, was enough. Yeah, one drip, like, one drip was enough to make him, like, a, a full skeleton, but somehow she has to kill, like, multiple, multiple people, people to, like, just, just get a little bit of skin. But Julia is willing to do this just because Frank's dick game was so strong. Yeah, it's just for the dick. Crazy. He wasn't a good guy to her. He did it. He was emotionally abusive, I think, and withholding. And he still was. She probably like, has a bad dad, so she's into the withholding thing. Okay. But like, weird. Yeah, it's just to get dick down. But yeah, she just uh, wants to. He has some moves, and uh, he has a classic line that he likes to say: "Come to daddy." This actually, oh, hold on, yeah. before oh. we, like, do talk, just, I would like, I think this is a good time to bring up a quote from the actress who played Julia, because, yeah, she, her motivation didn't make any sense if you're doing, if you're straight no. up murdering people for this mean man's penis, uh, she was trying to defend the role a little bit, it's a, her name is Claire Higgins, and she says, I hope you see her reasons for being an unpleasant, cold character oh. at the beginning, how she came to be like that. And the depths that she's willing to plumb for love. So, like, uh, in the behind the scenes, they really try to spin this as, like, a horrific love story. It's like, no, though, okay. there was no love there. But then I also thought it was funny because she got, like, a little creepy in her interview, too. And she said, um, she did say that people got creeped out on the set when they were, like, doing her murder scenes. Yeah. Um, she said, but that's because a woman was doing it, basically. And I think all the women in the audience will be going, absolutely, yes. And the men might be looking at their tool sheds. So that was weird because she murders with a hammer. Oh. She thinks that the women it's in like the audience. It's like a you go girl mm. moment. Yeah, that's what her. she thought. That's how she, what she was telling herself. Well, 
The she just original, had to lie to herself quite a bit, I think. The original cut of the movie actually had a lot more hammer murder. Oh, oh yeah. Shit got, shit got they, caught out. They cut a lot of the X. gross murder out. And so she's defending oh. that, too. Oh, yeah. Like, she said that people wouldn't talk to her on the set on her big murder scene days. But she's That's like, but weird. I think women will be like, you go, girl. And I'm no, like, what are you talking dude, about? I bet everyone hates her in real life. Maybe. She's such a convincingly terrible person. She was the most successful person. one yeah. of all the actors. It really gives me a visceral feeling of hating her. Yeah. Um, it is so... fun, too. That was a thing that I noted. I guess it's maybe skipping ahead, but just while we're talking about Julia. She goes, We Aaron and I noticed, like, so there's this moment at minute 46 after Julia has done, like, multiple murders, and she's just gone full evil because also her hair gets taller the more evil mm-hmm. she gets, and her makeup <laughs> gets more harsh. That. So there's this moment at minute 46. I wrote down, like, the moment in the soundtrack. I think that it's called it, the soundtrack, In Love's Name, where she's just, like, sitting there stewing, being evil, holding onto a cocktail with her high hair and, like, reminiscing about murdering uh, people with hammers. Is this where she's wearing the ears that are... The earrings that are giant stars? She's wearing a lot of... No, this, it's after that. But more okay. giant earrings. She's getting confident. Her earrings get bigger. Her hair gets taller. <laughs> her makeup gets more dramatic. Yeah. And she's, it's really good. She's like a, a ringleader in her head. Like, yeah. She's big crime. Now. She's getting into murdering, I think. Ugh. Um, so how do we get the, the big old Cenobites back into this? Oh, yeah. Well, let's um, see. Uh, we, I mean, we could just summarize. We, I guess we did say that... Um, she has a bunch of incels come to her house and she kills them. <laughs> There's one that has a particular, particularly funny hairstyle. He's bald, but he has just like this tiny little patch, like a little star, just right, like right on, right above his forehead, and that's all the <laughs> yeah. hair that he has in his bald spot. Oh, uh, they're um, all, they're also like obviously getting murdered, but they're like, oh, well, this is weird, but I, a, a woman yeah, is paying attention go to into me. That, they go into that attic ass room and they're like, "There's no bed." It's just yeah. like, <laughs> at least get a Don't bed. you hear the rats? <laughs> I think one of them was don't like, oh, hear... kinky, huh? Yeah. He has like that kind of a vibe. And then she just fucking beats him with hammers. Julia. Yeah. So, so Frank is getting more and more flesh. He's maybe 85% human now. There's another part where oh, yeah. Frank is like, He's about so one thing too. They hide how exactly this works. You see, you know that Frank is doing some sucking because you hear like oh, and you like, hear a gross like, down tune. You hear some slur, oh, yeah. But it always is like, <laughs> don't look at me, and then like it cuts away. But then I, there was just yeah. this one part I wonder right down because like she needs to I think hide the body. Somebody came home unexpectedly, and so like he drains the body of all of its fluids, and she has to pick up this very tiny man body and like oh, carry yeah. it around the house. Oh, that was so gross. It was so gross. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, easily liftable, like little raisin of a man. Because Frank slurped <laughs> them all up. Yeah. Ew. So Ew. Gross. Hell yeah. Um, how? Where is this puzzle box right now? So the puzzle box, I think, is in the room the with Frank. The puzzle box is just in the attic. Yeah, it's just it's just in there with him. And he does bring up eventually to Julia that they need to get out of there because the Cenobites are going to find him. Because he escaped death. He was supposed to be dead, but there were just little bits of him that remained. And with the power of blood... Uh, he got brought back to life. Mm-hmm. So he's like, Julia, we got to get me some skin so we can get out of here because the Cenobites are going to come for me. Um, they're going to, like, sense that I'm back. Um, 
So, I guess guy eating bugs. Kirsty, Kirsty is starting to think she's starting to get suspicious of Julia. Yeah, and she's thinking that Julia might Mm -hmm. be cheating on her loser fucking dad. Yeah, Larry, (laughs) because she knows Julia's a bitch, and Julia, she watches Julia. I think Kirsty is maybe just on a walk home from work. Maybe after watching a man eat bugs, there's a homeless man at one point. Yeah. Pe- she works at a pet store. He puts his hand in the cricket container and just shoves crickets in his mouth. That was pretty gross. That was gross. Yeah. She also has a. She also has that nightmare where um, you know there's a sheet just slowly becomes bloody. She picks it up. There's a body in it. She or she immediately calls her dad, uh, loser ass dad, and that silly ass, uh, that silly ass actor. Goes, oh, I just got woken up. Like one of those stupid ass yawns and picks yeah. up the phone and says, oh, what's wrong? Oh, like it's, it's, it's very silly acting and it's supposed to make you hate him even more. And it worked because at that point I was so ready just this to see it. him die. We need to kill Larry. Larry needs to die. Um... So, I did like that scene though. The that was one of those like really mm-hmm. nice shots. The one yeah. with the the sheet and there's like all these feathers in the in the air and then you hear like a kid crying and then there's something like squirming under the sheet and then it starts like bleeding through the sheet oh, yeah. and it's really upsetting. It's just capital H horror. Yeah, yeah. and I thought it reminded that one. There's a quote again from Clive Barker. Where he says, there are going to be moments when the audience is going to be stunned by the elegance and the beauty of the image at the same time as being appalled by the subject matter. And uh, I think that's a very interesting tension and paradox. Fair. I was like, that scene is definitely nice. It's like a really nicely shot and like pretty. Like, there's something going mm-hmm. on where it's like, it's there's so much play in this movie with like the whole idea of like attraction and repulsion that I think is yeah. really cool yeah. and yeah. interesting about it. But then that's one of the scenes that gets ruined by a part because when she mo- pulls a sheet, <clears throat> it looks silly. Yeah. But it's it was spooky. almost very, yeah. very cool. 99% completion on that 99%. Um, so let's talk about when she starts to uh, investigate Julia. Oh, yeah. Uh, she uh, yeah. is kind of tailing Julia, maybe. I think um, this is Julia's third guy bringing her back she's, to the house. At least she's walking back home and she sees Julia with a dude bringing yeah. him into the house. She uh, is going to snoop around and try to catch Julia in the act. Yes. And what she finds is much, much weirder than Way she worse. Yeah. was expecting. Another, she, was, she was leading another incel into, her, into the attic. Um, important quote from him is, I get lonely sometimes. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> These fucking losers. Everyone in this movie besides Pinhead is a loser. Did you know that they actually don't refer to him as Pinhead? I noticed that. And I was like, was he named that by the audience? Hmm. You know, I don't know. I don't re- recall him ever being called that in the other films. But I mean, we'll get there. But yeah. also... I'll talk about the other ones when we get there, but they have some, uh, what they're actually credited as is pretty um, funny. Yes, they um, are. They're very goofy names. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is this um, when we hear a come to daddy? We hear come to daddy a lot. Oh, well, I have specifically written down, come here, damn you. I want to touch you. Come to daddy. It's me, Uncle Frank. 
Is this yeah? He's you he's remember. Oh, yeah. So come when to daddy. Kirsty sees him, he's very come to daddy, come to daddy, Uncle Frank, come to daddy. Want to get all up in you, yeah. my little niece. Want to um, take all your blood. So basically, uh, she kind of struggles with Julia here because Julia yeah. is like, you know, obviously mm -hmm. don't tell anybody. Uh, and in this little scuffle, Kirsty finds the puzzle box on the yeah. ground and she grabs it. And then Frank has a reaction. So she's like, oh, this? Oh, this thing you want? Yeah. <laughs> Come and get it! And yeah. she, he, she throws it out. Um, outside. She teases him like a fucking jock. Yeah. And uh, then she runs out, and she's kind of having a pretty rough time of it because she just saw some <laughs> fucked know? up stuff. Uh, she's kind of losing it She finds it here. the puzzle box when she's running outside. She does. She gets the puzzle box. She grabs box, it, and she's just running away. And then she kind of like starts tripping balls. Like, she... Loses it, passes out. Um, yeah, and then the, I think the next scene is just like her in a hospital waking up and being like, uh? yeah. and like Ooh. all and the, the people in the hospital being creepy and weird. Yeah, the hospital. Yeah, no, is and like, the hospital looks like it's decrepit. Like it has no, no. It looks like it's very underfunded. It. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely going Bernie for Sanders like the insane asylum spooky vibes here. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Um, and so the doctor's asking her about the puzzle box. She doesn't really know. Um, she doesn't remember much at all here. Uh, and they're just like, you like this box? You some... want this box? But then that's yeah, when she, she opens the she, box. Yeah, she, fuck, yeah, she opens that box. And I think this is where we talk about our, uh, our buddies. Our buddies our, come uh, Yeah, I, our, this is the first time that we're... I think we get the best look at them so far. Um, yeah. So Can I go their names are, uh, we have lead Cenobite, which is everybody's favorite. We got Doug Bradley playing, playing Pinhead. Mm -hmm. Good old Brad Doug the pins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got the chattering Cenobite, you know, that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Imagine um, pull your lips up and, and, and that's that's Chatterbite. Yeah. And then um Butterball Cinnabite. I know. Which just looks like looks like Grimace from the McDonald's things, but just skin. Well he looks just like, like a, a mix of lump of skin. I feel like he's a mix of Grimace and then like the evil doctor stepdad in uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Bit of that. Yeah. With those cool shades. He's, yes. he's got the weird like, lips. yeah, full shades that are hiding his eyes. Um, yeah, and then, and then we can't on. forget the female Cenobite. Female Cenobite. That's it, just Her female. thing is being female. Yeah. Her throat's ripped apart, yeah. and then she's got stuff piercing through her cheeks. And she has like five hairs on her head. It's really oh, gross. Yeah, they decide to give her like just a little puby golem hairdo. When all the others are I've bald. never noticed that. Oh, it's so oh, yeah. gross. It has to be the correct lighting, but you can see it sometimes. <laughs> and she just has like 10 white hairs glued to the top of her head. And it's, it's so fucking oh, gross. It's so good. Nasty. I did want to mention with just like the, like, we're introduced to the characters. And so like her first encounter, I think, at least how I have it written down with a Cenobite, is when the chattering one puts his fingers in her mouth. Yeah. It was just yeah. really gross. <laughs> he has a half glove and two of his fingers are gloved and he sticks them down her throat. Ugh. They're all wearing a lot I of feel... leather and chains and, and open 
Open wounds. Open wounds sticking out. Oh, flesh windows. And uh, I feel like uh, the chattering one might be the creepiest. Yeah. <sighs> the back of his head, even. They have like this. He has this. <laughs> God. He has like this leather strap that goes up the back of his head, but then you see under it is just like a big open gaping wound. So it's like bloody all around it. It's so fucking gross. They are uniquely disgusting. Very gross. Um, yeah, no, they, they each have their own thing, and I applaud them for that. And so Pinhead, um, his eyes are fully blackened, and uh, the actor, I guess, had a tough time because oh. he couldn't see through it. Oh, no! Because <laughs> I guess they were shitty 80s contacts. They haven't figured this out yet. Brad Dudley on the pins is going in blind. <laughs> And he's worried about tripping over his like SNM skirt thing. Oh no! Yeah, I guess he w it was pretty tough for Brad Dudley. Um, Dude commits <laughs> to the role. So our Cenobites come in. We see them. It's a good time. They look awesome. They're disgusting, and they tell Kirstie what they're what they're up to, right? I think so. This, this, yeah, yeah. We we get their motives. Which, yeah, they. Yeah. You open the box. We kill you. And we take you to hell. We, we take you to do our fucked up sex hell stuff And she's with you. like, why? It's just a stupid box. And they're like, them's uh, the rules. I don't know. Them's the rules. <laughs> We've been doing it for a while. It seems to be working out. That's <laughs> just like our it. thing. Um, and yeah, she, and, and you never, yeah, you don't, there's no real motive. It's just, that's, sorry, it's what we do. This is how it happens. It just I, feels right. I, I, I get really panicky if I don't do this. Did you write down the quote where uh, he explains what they are? Like uh, angels to oh, some. Oh, yeah. Angels to Explorers some. Explorers in the further regions of experience. Demons to some. Angels to others. <laughs> there we go. Um, so. Pain she, and pleasure, indivisible. Oh. You know? She makes this really good or really poorly written association that uh, they know about Frank, her yeah. skinless uncle. <laughs> uh, and she says, I can take you to Frank that ran away from you because I figured this all out, even yeah. though I don't even remember it because it was really terrifying. But they're uh, like, impossible. No one gets away from us. Yeah. She's like, well, well they're like, we'll believe if we hear him say it. From his own mouth. Yeah. And she's like, okay. So that works. She is able to yeah. not die in exchange for leading them to Frank, I guess. Um, yeah. Weird deal to make, but, you know, whatever. They, yeah. They did it. But it does take a minute because... So one thing that was a little bit of a plot hole in the film was that it seemed like Frank was trying to grow back his own skin... But instead, he took Larry's skin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So now he's Larry. Well, in Larry's skin. And then he fucks the shit out of Julia. Yeah. So they do that. Oh, she yeah. finally gets what she wanted. So but... Larry is dead. But unfortunately, we still have to be looking at Larry's skin. But now he's a bad boy. <laughs> now he's Frank. Yeah. yeah and, no. and, there's, and there's so much like goop coming around his hairline. Ugh. Clearly, he's wearing his skin. Yeah. Kirstie yeah. is just like hugging him and not noticing. I'm sure he smells fucking yeah, weird right now. Yeah, he smells so weird. He's um, covered in blood. The blood everywhere. And somehow his skin fits perfectly. Yeah. Lots yeah. of weird things. I, but, I you thought, know. like, he'd have different teeth. 
They um, did address it a little bit with like the hands that so looks like he's kind of pushing the skin on like it's gloves and makes like this crackly mm-hmm. noise. Yeah. They try to address they, it a little they bit. They do okay at that. Um, he also, also says that Frank was around and he killed him. Right? Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Hold on, what was Cody saying? The, yeah, no, yeah. I, I was just going to also uh, mention pretty much the same thing that he killed Frank. Or he says that he killed Frank. So that's why he's a little bloody. Not because he's wearing a skin. Yeah. But... yeah. Sorry, I killed somebody. Hug yeah. daddy. And then, yes. Actually, this he is when he blows daddy. his cover. Because he says, oh, come on. Come to daddy. Come to daddy. Mm-hmm. Come to daddy. And then she's like, wait. My fucking weird uncle did this. <laughs> oh, like, oh, a little no. bit ago. So she figures it out. Um... And uh, we also find out that uh, the actor that plays uh, Larry isn't that bad of an actor because he does really good in this role. He's... Like he does good in being like this creepy, like, oh, you know who I am? I'm still weird. Like, yeah. and he creeps around real good. So you know he's not just this like moron that can't act. It was actually written. Hey, make these stupid, say stupid things <laughs> like. So I I want to get into a little bit. He was the like main focus of the stuff that I was watching. Like they talked to him the most because at the time he was the most successful actor. His biggest role is he played Scorpio in Dirty Harry with Clint Eastwood. So that was his, and he was in a lot of movies in the 70s and 80s as well. He didn't do a ton of stuff after this one, which was a little ominous because he did say in his interview. Um, what did he say? My feeling about this film... Okay. My gut feeling is that there's going to be no middle ground. People are going to uh, loathe and despise this movie, or they are going to go out of their minds about it. But who the hell knows? It, it may pass like two ships in the night, or we may be run out of town. This may be the end of my career. <laughs> and he didn't do a whole lot after. It was the end of his career. He did Child's Play 3. Um, uh, classic. Well, he did do Star Trek Deep Space Nine after this, but yeah. Um, so it sounds like he actually was like a real actor and he was trying to go for like a ultimate evil and ultimate good. So he went like too dorky with his good character, yeah. I think. Okay. Anyway, just that wanted to sense. share that. He just kind of overdid it. Yeah. Um, so back to, back to our plot here. There's some conflict because everyone knows what's going on. Um, and Frank uh, is going to stab... Kirsty, because with his tiny, she knows with his weapon much. of choice, switchblade, switchblade, okay. swing. Of course, he has a switchblade. We didn't tell you he had a switchblade, but he did. It bad makes boy. Sense. He was a of bad boy. Of course, he did. You expected it. You knew. He goes for the stab. Kirsty moves out of the way. He plunges his knife into Julia. Into Julia's guts. Nothing personal, babe. Babe. And you know what Frank does? He sucks the juice out of her. Sucks yeah, her. Even yeah. though he's already got, he's got, he's got a full skin, but he's just like, nah, I want your juices. Yeah. And he just it sucks them right. It's just good for healing, I assume. It's, yeah. He's probably into, pretty like, scabby. Sack. Yeah, she gets gross. She's, she's like. She's real gross. She turns like greenish, brownish. Mm-hmm. She starts peeling. Yeah. Um, somehow we, we have to introduce, uh. The boss Cenobite here. Oh, upside down boy? Slash dog dick slash stinger? <laughs> I, I can't remember how 
Kirsty ends up here. So she meets this Cenobite, I think, actually, when she first uh, opens the box because she goes, remember, in her um, in her in hospital, hospital room, a, a hallway opens up uh -huh. where there's, and she starts walking in like an idiot into a hallway that just appears out of hey, nowhere. Hey, man, the other door's, the door's locked. This is her way out. Anyway, so there's yeah. this creature that's crawling through the hallway. Um, but its head's on the bottom, and up on top is this stinger thing that flops forward that kind of looks like a dog dick. It's huge. It's a mechanical big <laughs> puppet. Think almost There's like a, a, in there like a budget the Jabba the Hutt sort of freaky. Oh, and you are not supposed to see that it's on a dolly yeah. pushing it through the hall, but you can <laughs> yeah. see it in 50% of the, the <laughs> scene. I That was the first yeah. time I noticed that, and I'd, I've seen this movie before. Yeah. So maybe it just it was too spooky for me the first time, so I didn't notice it. Yeah, you can definitely, if you're it looking for spooky, it, it's like a cart or something. This whole setup, you, it's got to be some guy just running behind him and it pushing is. it. It's a guy <laughs> running and then a guy standing on top doing the arm movements. That being said, it looks amazing. Uh, it's this big, gross physical effect. Disgusting. Like, no, yeah, it's definitely gross, but at the same time, I think overall, I think it sucks. <laughs> well, I, I, it doesn't, I think it, does, it doesn't, doesn't hold up. No, I no. Okay, I think it's cool looking, but I feel like as like a boss, like oh, it's a thing that goes through hallways. Like it's just kind of like eh. I mean, Meh. I, I would have rather like had. It. I think I wish. If you think about things that scared more... you, hallways scared me as a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hall hallways are terrifying. You run yeah. through them, and then you just imagine something's chasing you, and then yeah. it's that dog dick. Yeah. But I wish, like, the the thumb, the fucking butterball, we don't uh, get much from him. Yeah. I wish yeah. we would have had some butterball. Yeah. I wish we would have had more. If, if, he does if, get if a little bit at Dog the dick end. and have more Cenobites, I would have preferred that. Yeah, no, th I think that's 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 what I'm getting at. It's not like it sucks. Like I just think as a boss, like it was kind of like a one-dimensional thing where I think the other Cenobites could have had could have had their time to shine and really like done something cool instead of just been like, "Hey." Yeah. Or just, you know, like <laughs> just like doing something, like having their own thing would have been cool. Like their own but, like, like special torture that they like to inflict on people. Yeah, like yeah. Chattermouth likes putting fingers in mouths and then maybe Butterball likes putting butter on you and right. roll, <laughs> rolling you around. The, the, the absolute <laughs> pinnacle of horror. The pinnacle of horror. Let me rub butter on you. <laughs> and slap you a lot. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Uh. Um. <laughs> they do so they do all have like little individual fights in the end where it's like cursey so we find out that the way that you can try to get the xenobites to go away is if you can point it at them and close it in some way while you're pointing it at yeah, them. yeah one by one she pokemon so them she does have her. little battles with each one but yeah, yeah and she gets rid of pinhead like first yeah that's, oh. that's that's dumb that doesn't make dumb. sense Pinhead's Pinhead's Pinhead the one left. that does all the talking, the big boss man, and the, he's like, boop, gone, and then it's just like, hey, d d clean up duty, get the rest of them. And yeah. It's just kind of like... He should be last. What? He's in what's charge. The, uh -huh. What's the order there? Kind of just yeah, he doesn't a even have like a cool... Yeah, he doesn't even have like a really cool line. It's mostly... I think he's just like, what? No. And then just like... Well, yeah, don't worry. There'll be nine Pinhead. more movies, guys. Yeah, a little bit oh, before. Yeah. I know, yeah. When he's still <laughs> strutting, he says some cool lines like... Will tear your soul apart. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Shoot, we forgot to mention that they like got Frank back. 
Oh yeah. They, 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 so they, 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 do... they accept Frank, but they still want uh, they still want Kirsty. Well, they basically. want they want that pure soul to torture. But and there's also a very weird line in this film. So they get Frank. He's getting the hooks all up in him. And then he's about to be torn to pieces, and he says, do you want to say the line, Cody? Jesus wept. And then, uh, boom! And then boom. he's dead. Then he bursts. He's, he, the the hooks just, just tear him, him and he just explodes. Total guts but, explosion. It cuts away really briefly. Unfortunately, that was another thing that had to be cut to avoid the X rating. Oh. They used to show more uh, of that. Really? There was more flesh? Yeah, we see it on the movie for like a half a second. I thought there it, was it plenty. Good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Plenty. It, it's a I, very, very tight cut. Whew, that is some good stuff. Uh, and then it... Uh, so then she... Steve shows back up. Remember Steve, guys? Budget Tom oh, Hanks? God. We don't remember Nobody Steve. Steve him. sucks. I'm Steve gonna edit cares out every about Budget Winona slash Kirsty. Basically, she's wrapping it up, and she's like, God, that was really weird. I hated it all. I'm going to throw this box in the fire. And Steve's like, okay. And then remember the bug guy that ate bugs? Yeah, the, the homeless dude? He just fucking sticks turns his hand into, in it slowly into while a, his whole body catches dragon. on fire. Wait, what, Cody? And then he just morphs into a bone dragon? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he lights on fire and turns into a bone dragon. Caca! Into the night. <laughs> I did have the thought that Take, I probably taking, thought... Taking the puzzle box with him. Yes. He takes the puzzle ba- yep. box with him back to wherever. Asian man and, with dirty fingernails. And basically, yeah, we get we get a nice cyclical ending. It starts it ends with like... What's your pleasure, sir? What is your pleasure, sir? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we only get like a few seconds of that accent before it gets weird. Um, yeah, so, no, yeah, that's... I wanted to... Never mind. So that's... That's it. Uh, we went for uh, 55 minutes. So oh, far. it's supposed to be 15 minutes. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Did, we're, should, should, should we just... Well, I mean, I think we pretty much... We encompassed everything in one, uh, well, one yeah, talk through. But I think we, we definitely have to talk about Coil, though. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I think I've gone through pretty much all my stuff that I want to talk about with background. Just want to make sure. Yeah, and my soundtrack thing. It's just in love's name. Check it out. That's when a lady turns evil. Okay. We'll you got, but these guys are about ready to get into the more track part of this slasher yes. track. Yes. So the mo- the audio that you hear, the soundtrack of this movie is not what it was originally supposed to be. Originally, Clive Barker wanted music done by a popular at the time instrumental, or not instrumental, industrial band, Coil. Can it's a- and this music is, in comparison, it's so cool. I think. Yeah. I think it was so the coil. The coil. They actually have the coil soundtrack. Available to listen to. Yeah, you can I listen. I listen to all the uh, the original cuts, it's and they're sick. good. It wasn't yeah, no, even I super think... different. Like, no, it was just, just like better. better. Yeah, okay. no, yeah. it was, and it was darker too. It felt like heavy and like I have kind request. of grimy and emotional. What's up? I was just okay. So I just I didn't look into any of this stuff. Would it be possible for you to play a little bit of Coil for me so I can get a taste? No. Oh, he couldn't play it on his computer so I could hear it? 
Um, You're coming through headphones right now. Yeah, oh. this is. We'll, we'll, we'll oh, this not work? Yeah, this, this isn't going to work for you. I was hoping so, that I could hear it and the audience could as well, but. That's okay. Maybe we'll put in a little clip in the background here. Listen to Coil here. Okay, now we're back. Um, so <laughs> I, I just want to talk a little bit about what Coil is. So they're post industrial, electronic, experimental. They were active from 1982 to 2004. Uh, I think they were pretty big in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, mm -hmm. They describe themselves as magical music with Ooh. a K. Magic, you know, really? when, they, when they do magic right. with a K, you know they're serious business. Um, he says their early work is solar, uh, later work is more moon music. What? <laughs> what? No. That can't be what they actually said. I got goosebumps said. so that hard. Is literally, you got goosebumps. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I got goosebumps from moon music. So this dude is crazy. He's into chaos theory. Uh, they do you mean ritual. chaos magic and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Magic with a K. Uh, they do ritual drug use. They use. Ooh. They do something called SETI synchronization. SETI is a search for extraterrestrial life intelligence. Very cool. So they do. Oh, they make music wow. out of alien radio. Uh, he's a born-again pagan. I listen to some of their music. Isn't uh, every pagan a born-again pagan? I don't know. What if you got born Barely pagan anybody's once? born up, brought up pagan. So anyway, their sorry. first album is called Scatology. Ew. Um, you know. <laughs> Poopy. Well, it's more solar. It's Poopy. Not, it's not moon music. You said scat. That's poo-poo. Yeah. Uh, and then they on the second album is the one that I listened to the most called Horse Rotovator. Uh, it starts with a song called The Anal Staircase. Why are they into shit so much? <laughs> I don't know. And it's it's not even like, oh, a weird title for a normal song. It starts like, Anal Staircase, The Anal Staircase. And you're hearing just like... <laughs> Dude, they do some weird butt magic where it's like, boof. They boof? They, That's they what their magic. drug magic is. It's like boofing and like... Weird, like, Crowley sex magic, but all in the butt. They loved Crowley, but yeah, you're probably right, more butt-focused. They're oh, definitely butt-focused. Um, so, Coil, uh, one last bit of Coil history in general. Give it uh, to me. The main guy's name is John Balance. He died in 2004 from falling uh. off of his second floor landing. Not so balanced, uh. after all. Uh -huh. <laughs> Wait, yeah. just the second floor? Yeah, dude, that was probably pretty painful. <laughs> yeah. Just like, not all the way broken dead. Or he just like broke his yeah, neck yeah, really hard. There's just some, yeah, I guess I, that's possible, but it just makes it sound like he was probably just lying in agony for, you know, a few hours. Oh. I would assume that they were on some of their moon magic blood <laughs> drugs at this maybe. point. Um, so maybe he didn't really feel it a whole lot, we can hope. But that was in 2004. In 1987, they had written most all of a soundtrack for this movie, and it was about to happen until the publisher said, no, we need something more commercial. Oh. And they what did. a bummer. It's such a bummer. It honestly would have been a lot cooler. They no, used so I at least a hundred at least twice as cool. Yeah. Hundred percent cooler. Now I have a question for you, Cody. Because yeah, you up? were like a little sound like disappointed or not wowed by the soundtrack of this film. Did you feel that right from the start or did you feel let down once you found out what could have been? Um, when I was rewatching it, I mostly felt it was 
fine. There weren't any times when I felt like I was like, oh, God, this is annoying or anything like that. In fact, like since I was paying attention to it, there were times when I was like, oh, this is like adding a good amount of tension. Like there's a spot when Julia's um, getting ready to see Frank for the first time. And she's, like, going up to the attic. It goes to, like, a first-person perspective shot of her walking up the stairs real slowly. And there's, like, like mice sounds that slowly crescendo up. And it starts really, really quiet. And then I think there's, like, some, like, pulsating, like, you know, just, like, standard pulsating thing. And yeah. it really adds a good amount of tension. But, um, like, as far as, like, main themes and go... Like, I couldn't hum a theme in that movie, like, at all. One thing, I I agree completely. Um, one thing that I liked that they did was um, whenever the puzzle box is being interacted with, they played, they incorporated kind of like a music box tinkering music. Yeah, that yeah. was totally There's on definitely purpose. really cool sound design. Yeah, they like the songs got creepy carnival vibes whenever the puzzle box was in play. I never um, even yeah. noticed the mouse sounds because that was also definitely a big element of the rats were like in the background visually. Yeah, the as rats a visual were gross. Device. They were, remember so when that? Cool. Yeah, like nailed, nailed to the wall. Like yeah, he just peeled a rat in half. It's gross. Oh yeah, he peeled a rat in half. I forgot about that. Yeah, I think that's while they're fucking. Yeah. While they're fucking, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it cuts. Yeah, it's I, I wrote something down about this. Yeah, no. Frank uh, is not all the way back to himself, and he's he's watching. Her and Larry about to get down, and she's screaming, oh. "No, stop, stop, stop!" And Larry's still like kissing her and like trying to get down yes. on her. And she just keeps screaming, "Like, no, don't!" Really, kind of disgusting vibes, but also he's skinning a rat. Yeah, and that's, that's really what, what she's was. screaming no about. But also, yeah, it's it, it's a it's a gross scene. There's so many yeah. disturbing scenes in this movie. Um. So, like I, I said, they ended up going with someone named Christopher Young to do the soundtrack, and we're going to hit on him more uh, when we talk about Hellraiser 2, because he also did a lovely soundtrack of that one. Um, but, so Coyle was kind of pissed. Um, Coyle, and actually, there's rumors. John really? Balance said that Pinhead himself was inspired by they let Clive Barker borrow a piercings book. Apparently, piercings, really? like a you know tattoos, piercings. Oh yeah, and I mean, and magazine. whatever, just uh, female um, Cenobite also has like she has a piercing like through her nose, yeah. through her bridge, and I she think, has some going through her neck. I think Coil inspired some of the edginess of the movie, oh, even though they didn't make it in. They're there. obviously in a weird sexual butt play. Yeah, uh, definitely took the anal staircase. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, they uh, they did release the music, and we've checked it out, and it's sweet. But when uh, did they release it? Did they wait a long time to release uh, it? I don't, I don't think know. so. Coil was weird about how they release stuff too. It's very hard, and everything's collector's editions. You just mm -hmm. find weird shit on YouTube now. Hmm. Uh, I saw some comment by some guy that has been a Coil fan since he was thirteen. He's bought all the vinyls, <laughs> and he said that they withdrew out of. Uh, what did he say? This deep, a three-year-old comment on the Coil soundtrack by a person with all Coil albums on vinyl <laughs> since he was 13 says that they pulled their music out in solidarity for Clive Barker since he was losing control of his movie. 
So that's one take. I don't know. That's from a really big fan, so maybe. Uh, one way or another, we do not get any coil, except apparently some of the coil stuff is kind of remake, remixed into this final soundtrack. The soundtrack guy used some coil samples, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um... That is uh, most all that I have, except uh, a little more on coil. They use a really interesting uh, instrument that's a one-of-a-kind instrument. I don't know if we want to talk about that. Um, it's worth a mention. Okay, I'll run through it real quick. They are one of the only people to use something called the ANS synthesizer. It's Russian. You can't find any videos of it in English. And what it is, is... Uh, it uses light, and you basically scrape a design onto a black plate, and it shines light through that, and that light hits photoreceptors and turns into sounds, and it's the faster you push the plate, the faster the music goes, and it just makes this weird-ass ambient, huh. strange stuff. It also looks like a piano it's on its side, and it's like a size of half a room. It's really weird. Oh, wow. And, uh, huh. like... Coil, uh, some classical sounding composer name like Tchaikovsky, I don't know, yeah. something that sounded like that, used it, but it's pretty much just some weird science experiment hmm. that they got to play what with. What did you say the name of it was? It's called the ANS Synthesizer. That's the if initials. You add a U to that. Of an they probably got it because composer. it's almost anus. Yeah. Hmm? Code, say that again, Cody. The, they. If you add a U to that, you got anus. That's oh. why they started using it. Oh my god, they used the anus synthesizer. They were just looking for a butthole <laughs> instrument and found this on accident. Yeah, they didn't like, they they had to play it cool, but they were not expecting that. <laughs> this is that. not what I signed up for. This is not an <laughs> anus synthesizer. <laughs> they, they had to find out that it's ANS. They assumed it was a typo or something. Yeah, so that's a, a weird little bit. Um, that's pretty much coil. I do have uh, just like one. I don't. I know we don't want to get too much into Christopher Young, but can I tell you one more film that he did the soundtrack for? No, because I'd like to talk about that in the next. I just one. have one. I have can a I lot. Can I whisper it to you? No, I wrote down a lot, but there's one that I wanted to bring up. Okay, give give a little preview for the next episode. S yeah, sneak preview. He did the soundtrack for Ghost Rider, yeah. starring Nicolas Cage. Yeah, he did. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I was just excited when I saw okay. that. Uh, and I'd like to. So, uh, I'd like to use one. Oh. Go ahead. One quote as we're kind of wrapping up around here uh, was a, a really good quote from Clive Barker, who, uh, as we mentioned in the beginning, this is his first time directing a movie. Uh -huh. So he said, "If you'd have shown me a plate of spaghetti and said that it was a lens, I might have believed you." That's a real quote. <laughs> okay. He didn't know what he was doing. And I think it turned out really well. I wish it could have been Yeah, especially coil. for our first venture into film. Mm hmm Man, but the coil thing is a real bummer. Yeah. Um, any other closing remarks? Okay. Got everything? Oh, so that's... Yeah, I, I, I think it's just important to say that I think this movie is really good. I think it's a good yeah. film. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like, recommend I just, it. Even even though I talk, I said things were cheesy and things like that. It's all very endearing. It's done in a way that's very just like it's enhanced by its campiness and by the the silly parts or the cheesy acting and stuff. I think that just makes it 
more timeless and just kind of gives it a broader perspective like yeah it's really gross and it's a horror film and it's creepy and there's lots of stuff going on but there's also like moments of light humor because of you know the the goofiness of the acting and stuff like that i feel like it's a very good like entry level horror movie mm-hmm. not even entry level it's just a good horror movie yeah it's like it a almost quintessential like horror movie goes with how over the Definitely. top it is uh-huh. It was definitely, too, I guess I figure since this is our first episode, I would like to bring up that this, like, so, like, I don't, I didn't watch horror movies, but this is one of the films that Aaron convinced me to watch. He's like, like, I can't, I can't do modern horror movies. And he's like, no, it's, it's fine. You'll be okay. It's not that scary. Also, though, I knew nothing about this. And I asked Aaron when we were going to watch it for the first time, like, is it gross? Because I wanted to eat dinner. <laughs> I had made this like avocado sauce pasta thing that didn't look appetizing, but it tasted good. I'm like, I can't watch something yucky while I eat this. He was like, no, no, it's not gross. The, the first scene is a, good, is, is, is a skin ripper. <laughs> so I did not finish my dinner. Also, I guess I just, I'd also like to mention, like before I really knew Cody, I just knew that Cody was this guy that watched like all the Hellraiser movies. <laughs> and uh, well, so that was like a in funny... In a period tr- of like a month, yeah. And that got I me back into Hellraiser. I'd only seen the first one. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, something that we all kind of connected on a while back. And probably the reason this whole thing is going. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, nice here's to my... you, Brad Pinley. Uh, <laughs> Brad Dugley on the pins. Uh, Brad Dugley on the pins. Prin Dadley. <laughs> Prin Daddy. <laughs> and Kyle Barker on the anus. Yeah, uh, so so that's a little story about a bit of 1987 horror, uh, what could have been with the uh, Anus Brothers and Coil. Uh, what ended up being was still pretty special, pretty sweet. And, uh, well, that was Slasher Tracks. And Slasher Tracks! I think it turned out pretty good, and I think we're going to do it again. Um, and we're just going to go... In order, and uh, we'll catch you. Watch all. So watch them with us if you dare. Yeah, Hellraiser one and three are on Hulu right now. Um, Not two. So you have to go to your video store. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, But yeah, I guess. Blockbuster. We uh, do have a family video down our street. We do. It sells CBD products. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, w- with that, <laughs> I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna cut us off here. Uh, so this has been Slasher Tracks. I'm your host Aaron. I'm your host Sloan. And I'm your stepmom, <laughs> Julia. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you, uh, spooky faces, next time. Spooky faces. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, what happened to puzzlers? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we'll see you puzzlers next time.